Hello, and welcome to Some of the Answers with Jen and Jamie. This is the official podcast of Third Eye Family Solutions, where we help you find a new perspective that will empower you to live a life of your dreams. Each week, we explore topics that are designed to help you face the challenges that come with life. We don't have all of the answers, but we do have some of them. So join us as we share our thoughts, ideas, and advice to bring your ideal self into focus. In the last episode, I addressed some things that I see in couples quite often. One was the unwillingness to communicate. The comment, I could never talk to my partner about fill in the blank with the appropriate subject matter. And secondly, the lack of willingness to do those things that we know make our partner happy out of fear that it will create expectation that we won't then be able to fulfill. So I wanted to take a second episode, and I'm actually going to launch these both on the same day, so uh, because they go so well together. But I wanted to take a second um, chunk of time here and talk about some antidotes to those things. Namely, I want to talk about the Gottman Institute's idea of the four horsemen of relationships, and then I have my own fifth one that I want to add in as well. But they've done a lot of work on, you know, the things that get in the way of connection and communication between couples. Uh, and there's, you can find tons of graphics online. If you just Google Gottman for horsemen, you will find all kinds of great sheets and workshops and examples and explanations and everything else. So I'm not going to go through them in super detail, but I do want to go through them briefly and discuss some examples of how to nurture the positive side of them. So the four horsemen that they name are criticism, contempt, defensiveness, and stonewalling. And yeah, I do have cheat notes down here, okay? So if you're watching this on video and you see me glance down, I have my notes. So criticism is essentially exactly what you think it would be, right? It's criticizing your partner. Oh, you're always so lazy, or you don't even care about me, you're so selfish. Uh, Contempt is really attacking the person themselves or really diminishing their experience can be contempt. So, you know, if your partner tells you, I had such a hard day and you roll your eyes and go, oh, you think you had a hard day. You don't even know. My day was so much harder than yours. And you always think your days are so hard, but mine are just way worse than yours. Right. Um, Defensiveness, again, pretty self-explanatory. Someone says something to you like, hey, I noticed you didn't take the trash out and you respond with defensiveness. Why do I always have to take the trash out? Or why are you always picking on me when I don't, you know, when I forget to do things? Can't you have some compassion for the fact that sometimes I forget? And then lastly, stonewalling. Stonewalling is really mostly about shutting down and even walking out. You know, if you walk out in the middle of a conversation, you take all of the power with you and you leave the other person with no power whatsoever. So anytime you find yourself shutting down, shutting your partner out or walking away with the power, that would be in the con- the category of stonewalling. And I'm going to, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I'm going to get to my fifth one in a bit, but um, again, the Gottmans have done a lot of work on sort of the antidotes to those behaviors, and I want to talk a bit about those and build on those because it's great to notice, oh, I'm being really critical or, wow, I got really defensive when that happened, but the big question is always, what do I do instead? What does that sound like? What does that look like? What does it feel like, right? So one by one. So starting with um, criticism. So the antidote, according to the Gottman Institute for criticism, is what we call a gentle startup. So let's say it's been, uh, you know, it's it's the end of the day and, you know, one partner's been at home for a little bit and the other partner comes in from, from a long day at work. 
And uh, the normal uh, conversation would be something like, you know, uh, you know, why isn't dinner ready? Or why didn't you take the trash out this morning? Or, you know, that how you told me you would stop at the grocery store and you didn't stop at the grocery store, whatever those critical things would be. A gentle startup is when we start from, first of all, connection. You know, the first when the first thing you walk in to after a day out in the world is a criticism of yourself, your behaviors, your actions, or lack of actions, it doesn't exactly create connection. So in order to um, dispel that, the first thing you have to do is be connected. So maybe even if there is something that needs to be brought up, rather than jumping straight to the conversation, start with, how was your day? How are you doing? You know, start with a hug, start with whatever it is that has you feel connected. And then a gentle startup sounds and feels like something along the lines of, hey, I know that it's been a really long day for you. And I don't want you to hear this like something like I'm jumping on you. But I really expected that you were going to stop by the store because this morning you told me you would. And now I'm feeling worried that we're not going to have anything in the house for dinner. That is a whole different communication than where's the groceries <laughs> or why didn't you stop at the groceries like you said you would, right? Really connecting with your partner, using gentle language, using I statements as much as poss possible and staying as positive with your language as you can. Antidote to contempt. The Gottmans talk about this as building a culture of appreciation. I think it goes, it's not just appreciation, it's a culture of acknowledgement, it's a culture of gratitude, it's a culture of connection, but it really is both reminding yourself of those things you love about your partner and making sure that your partner knows what those things are. So one of my favorite things to do with couples when I send them away with homework is to give them the assignment every single day, at least once a day, share something with your partner that you love about them. Not thank you for doing the dishes, although those things are important too. We need to do those things. When there is an action taken that makes a difference for you, make sure and say that. Don't leave that part out. But beyond that, you know, when we really know what we love about our partners and we know what they love about us, we remain connected. So it could sound something like, thank you so much for the generosity you showed when you went and got groceries after a long day of work. I know that it was already a big day for you and it was so generous that you were willing to take that on, even though I usually do that. That would be a simple way, right? It can also be, um, it can be bigger things like, I really love how um, compassionate you are. Every time we see a hurt animal, you stop and you want to help that animal. And I just love that about you. It's such a beautiful gift to the world and to the animals that you help. So it doesn't, it's not always about a specific incident, but being clear that it's about a quality of the person. The more we express these things, the harder it becomes to then express contempt for the person. Oh, you're just this way or you're awful or you don't understand me because we feel seen, we feel known, we feel loved and we feel honored. All right, antidote for defensiveness, taking responsibility. And I will tell you, I think this is the hardest one for most people. The reality is it really does take two to tango. And what that means is in almost every situation, if you look, even if the other person is mostly at fault, there's something that you can take responsibility for. And it might be a very simple thing, right? Let's say there's a huge blow up between you and your partner and you're really looking and the only thing you can find is, hmm, actually, when that thing happened, I got defensive. 
maybe everything else really is quote unquote your partner's fault and that's okay. But if you can start a conversation and say, you know what, when we had that fight earlier, I got really defensive when I thought that you were saying that I'm lazy, okay? And I know you didn't say lazy, but to me, it felt like you said you thought I was being lazy. And then I jumped in and got defensive. And I apologize for that defensiveness. I know that did not help, didn't help the conversation. Likewise, taking responsibility for our actions, right? To use the example I gave earlier, if you show up without groceries and you said you were going to get groceries, saying, I apologize. I promised I was going to get us groceries and I didn't do that. And then you got to figure out how to make that right. So you might have to say, okay, um, would you like me go to the grocery store right now? Or perhaps it's, how about if I order us something for dinner since I didn't bring home anything that we can cook? Or even, I'm going to scrounge in the pantry and make sure that there's something there that we can eat. And if there's not, I will figure out something else. Whatever it is, it's not just taking responsibility like, yep, I did that, but also when possible, making things right and repairing the relationship. Sometimes that's with actions. Sometimes it's with promises. I promise that next time I feel like you're saying I'm lazy, I am not going to yell at you and get defensive. I'm going to stop myself. I'm going to take three breaths and I'm going to see where I can take the conversation in a better direction. And then the fourth one, stonewalling. What's the antidote to that? Well, they talk about physiological self-soothing. And I also teach my clients all the time about taking what we call responsible timeouts. Sometimes we need to stop a conversation. It's too heated. It's too triggering. It's too hard. And we need to walk away. But I recommend that you don't do that by standing up and walking out of the room and certainly not slamming the door when you go. If instead you can say, I need a minute. I need 10 minutes, I need 20 minutes, I need to talk about this after I get some lunch. Sometimes it's even appropriate to say, I really need sleep. I'm gonna to talk to you about this in the morning, I promise you I'm available in the morning, but I am too tired to have this conversation right now. And then responsibly taking care of yourself. So if you say, I need 10 minutes, go do what you need to do. Get some water, go for a walk, go cuddle the dog. Uh, go play a mindless game on your phone that gets your nervous system calmed back down. Whatever it takes for you to get back in your body, to get re-regulated, and then to be able to come back to the conversation in a calmer space. Now, I also mentioned a fifth horseman. And um, I think, you know, in certain ways, this one can sort of fit into some other categories, particularly stonewalling and maybe even criticism, depending on how you're expressing it. But I call this last one withholding. And it does harken right back to the episode before this, when I talked about the Twitter feed that discussed people not doing things that they know will make their partner happy out of fear that the expectation will be there and then they won't be able to fulfill the expectation. And the example was bringing home flowers. Why don't you? Well, if I do it every week, she's going to expect it every week. And then what if I forget? And then she's going to be mad at me. And then we're going to be in a fight. And it's going to be a big old thing, right? So we actually withhold ourselves in lots of ways. We withhold ourselves by, uh, by not taking actions that we know will make our partner happy. We withhold ourselves when we don't say the things that are there for us to say, which is the other part of the last episode, right? Oh, I could never talk to my partner about that thing. Well, in that moment, when you make that decision, you are withholding yourself from your partner. You have made a decision 
that it is not safe to talk to your partner. You've made a decision that your partner's not safe. And look, if your partner's truly not safe, please seek the support that you need to get yourself out of an unsafe situation. But most of what I'm talking about is when people are having the experience, the worry, the fear of a, a lack of safety that's about emotional safety and security. If I tell my partner this, they will be angry. They might leave me. They would uh, be disappointed in me. They might be embarrassed, right? All of those kinds of emotional things that we worry about. Not only does it diminish our experience of our partner, oh, my partner's not strong enough to hear that. My partner's not um, brave enough to have face this conversation with me. My partner's not smart enough to handle this conversation. Really diminishes who we think our partner is. But it also keeps a piece of ourselves uh, kept from the partner. And that's what I mean by withholding, right? So I, this one's got a tough antidote too, because it's really about being fully there. That's how I would most, like, most quickly express it. The antidote to withholding is being fully there. That means fully with the other person, being willing to have the com hard conversations, being willing to you know, lay yourself out, be vulnerable. Vulnerability is a big part of the antidote on this one, but really being willing to be 100% with your partner. And that means in the conversations, that means taking the actions that make them happy, that make your relationship work, whatever they are, if those actions are within your control and power. So I like to throw that out when, like I said, it kind of flows into the others, but it's a little bit, I find it to be a little bit different. And I think it's a, it's an important one as well. So, you know, I, I know from the last episode that there would be some of those questions. Well, how do we talk about the hard things? How do we, you know, take those actions and make ourselves vulnerable and face potentially um, uh, unfulfilled expectations by our partners, right? Um, and None of what I've said really gives you the how-to, but there is some tools in all of that that sometimes help people when they realize, oh, I can start a hard conversation by being connected. I have to remember that in this difficult conversation, I have to make sure that I don't get defensive and that if I do get defensive, I take care of myself and my partner in the conversation to make sure that we are both honored and listened to. So lots of little tools, little things. And, you know, throughout um, the podcast, if you look back, there's one that Jamie and I did early on. It was one of the first couple of episodes in season one, which is not available on YouTube. It's only available on the podcast platforms. But we talk a lot about creating with your partner uh, rather than creating things separately and hoping your partner wants to go along or worse yet, hoping your partner doesn't find out. So there's a lot of little things inside our all of our episodes, and I hope you get a chance to check some of those out. In the meantime, go connect with your partner, love each other. And if you don't have a relationship yet, but you're looking to build one, these are great things to practice with other people. I just talked all about partners, but you know what? You can practice building a culture of appreciation with your children, with your mother, with your boss, with your coworker, with your best friend. You can practice all of these things. You can practice the self-soothing techniques and taking responsible timeouts when you're at work and overly stressed, or you're at school and things are too hard and you need a minute, right? Lots of ways that all these things can show up, not just with partners and spouses. So go forth, practice, 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 and be an amazing human being to be in relationship with.
We hope you enjoyed this episode of Some of the Answers. To learn more about Jen, Jamie, or Third Eye Family Solutions, log on to thirdeyefamilysolutions.com. That's third, T-H-I-R-D-I-E-Y-E, familysolutions.com. Some of the Answers podcasts can be found on Spotify, iTunes, Google Music, Stitcher, and Podbean. This podcast is the property of Third Eye Family Solutions, copyright 2020, and the music is owned fully by Gabe Schwartz. Join us next time for some of the answers.